our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. This was my first day at my new school, and so far, it was going pretty well. Can you believe the principal himself was giving me the guided tour, as well as showering me with praise? Amber, with your impressive grades and outstanding academic achievements, you'll fit in nicely here. This is Leo, my son. He's another excellent student here, and he's going to show you around. Leo looked at me from head to toe, then smiled and winked at me. Huh? Was he checking me out? And here's the library. Maybe we could study here together sometime. Um, sorry, but I prefer to study alone. Right at that moment, a guy walked past us to the librarian's desk. Oh. My. God. He totally had this whole cool bad boy look going on. I zoomed in to see what book he was holding. The Orion Mystery? Wow. Nice taste. I've been really into ancient stuff these days, too. Leo must have noticed me staring at that guy as he snidely said, I'd steer clear of the likes of him if I was you. His grades are pathetic, and he's probably only in here so he can take a nap. He's below your league, while I'm far more suitable. Thanks for showing me around, but seeing your smug and scornful attitude towards others proves otherwise. Then I left leaving a stunned-looking Leo behind. I found my class easily enough, even without Leo's help. And my desk? Yeah, there was no missing that. I mean, the huge bouquet with my name on it and a welcome hamper full of candy was a dead giveaway. And apparently, it was from the principal. Whoa. I knew he was glad I was here, but wasn't this a bit too much? Anyway... I shared all the flowers and candies with my classmates to get to know them better. So far, so good. And these two sweet girls, Jane and Ellie, walked to the canteen with me and showed me how to get the lunch tray using my student QR code. But then they pointed over to a group of students sitting next to the window and told me to go sit with them. Huh? Why can't I sit with you? You're not one of us. Then they went and joined another group. What did they mean by that? I looked around and noticed there were two menus, a delicious-looking one on the red board and a bland one on a blue board. Hmm. It seemed the boards correlated to the trays, as more kids than not had the blue trays with the dull foods. I took my red tray full of tasty food and walked over to the window, where all the kids were sitting with red trays, including Leo. Hmm. There's something really strange about this school. I was pretty awkward and didn't know what to do, 
when I saw the Orion mystery boy walking in with a blue tray. So, without thinking, I approached him. I saw you this morning in the library. You were checking out my favorite book. So, should I return the book or what? No, no, I just want to make friends. Stop hanging out with this loser. A straight-A student like you should sit with us. We're different. See? This was so stupid. So I told Leo I didn't need colored trays to tell me who I could and couldn't talk to, and that I was fully capable of making my own mind up. Leo and his friends looked furious, while the Orion mystery boy just grinned. Suddenly, a girl in the group spoke up with a super cold tone. Don't worry, Leo. This new girl will soon figure out what losers they are. Then she signaled for the whole group to leave. After that, the Orion mystery boy and I started talking, and he finally told me his name. It's John. Hmm. The blue tray kids were really nice. Way nicer than the red tray ones. I asked John what the deal with the trays was, and he said that this school divided its students into two groups. The red were top achievers, and therefore got better food, cleaner spaces at the canteen, just everything. While the blues were made to eat bland food and squashed into the corner of the canteen. Poof, this whole thing was dumb. So I continued hanging out with John and his friends. Only Leo and that girl he was with, Quinn, didn't approve. Turns out she's the best student around here, and that made her the leader of the Reds. On many occasions, Quinn and her minions had pulled me aside after class to tell me I should stay away from the Blues. But I didn't care. Then one day, the school announced that it was looking for the next school president. I wasn't that interested in it, but my friends were eager for me to sign up. If you're president, then you could make things fairer around here. Right. Better food, better tables and chairs. Please, we need you. Well, they did have a point. I really wanted them to have better things. And I suppose being school president would look good on my profile. So I signed up. But wow, I didn't think I'd be this popular. My friends completely supported me, made colorful banners and helped me come up with catchy slogans. And you know what? In the end, I got to the final round. Whoop! Now all I had to do was beat Quinn. But then something awful happened at the school. I arrived to find a bunch of students gathered around something. I squeezed through the crowd and... Oh my god. The principal's beloved portrait was covered in red paint. Then across the loudspeakers, two names were called to the principal's office. John's and... Mine! Do you two know why I've summoned you here? John and I shared confused looks. No, huh? My portrait has been vandalized, and I know that Amber, you were the last one who passed the security guard yesterday. And John, you were caught on CCTV climbing over the back gate. Can you both please explain what you were doing so late at school? I couldn't find my math book, and I have an important math test coming up. So I came back to try and find it. And what about you, John? I knew it. An exemplary student such as Amber would never do such a thing. But a troublemaker like you, on the other hand, you're expelled. I didn't do it. Please reconsider, sir. Please give me some time so I can find the one who's responsible. Very well. Seeing as it's you, Amber, I shall allow you one week to prove this boy's innocence. Him, or his guilt. 
When we left the office, I asked John why he was sneaking about the school late at night. But he got all defensive. I had a thing. And it's none of your business. If you want to believe it was me, then do. Didn't you see what I just did? I defended you. Can't you just tell me? I had a thing, okay? My thing that you don't need to know. Then he left. I stood there feeling confused when Quinn, Leo, and their group walked towards me. Don't waste your time with him. Sooner or later, he's going to be expelled. Right, Quinn? But Quinn ignored him, then gave me a dagger look. I'm going to say this one last time. Stay away from him. Then they all left. Hmm. Why was Leo so sure that John would be expelled? I know they all hated John, especially Quinn. Could it be that they framed him? Well, there's only one way to find out. I needed to keep a close eye on Quinn and see what she was up to. So after school, I followed Quinn all the way to the harbor. Hmm. It's like she was waiting for someone. Um, what on earth are you doing? My god, I had to press my hands over my mouth so I didn't start screaming. Turns out he noticed that I was following Quinn, so he followed me too in case I do something stupid. Suddenly, Quinn took her phone out to call someone. But then a strange thing happened. John's phone started vibrating. Um, why is Quinn calling you? John took his phone out and showed me the screen. It's just my mom. And when I turned around to see what Quinn was doing, she'd gone. Ugh, I lost her. I've been following Quinn for a whole week, but it's led to nothing. <sighs> I was so deep in my thoughts that I accidentally dropped someone's backpack and all their stuff fell out. Ugh, it's Quinn's. Better pick everything up before she comes back. But then I saw something that caught my attention. It was a receipt for... Red paint. Jackpot. I knew it was her. John was skipping classes today, so I took a detour to his house after school to tell him. Huh? Why was Quinn standing outside his door? There was something seriously fishy going on here, so I followed them. They stopped at an abandoned house nearby, and I eavesdropped on their conversation. I think Amber knows something. Last time, we were lucky she didn't catch us dating at the harbor. But this time, what if she finds out? I've been working so hard for this school president campaign. I knew she'd go back for her math book. It would have been fine if the school didn't have that new camera at the back gate. Tomorrow, I will confess to the principal that I did it. You didn't do it yourself anyway. Oh, God. I couldn't believe it. Turns out, Quinn was meeting John at the harbor so when she called someone, it was actually him. But being an expert at this secret dating game, he had her number saved as mom. They were hiding their relationship this whole time. And worse, they tried framing me so Quinn would win the election. Unbelievable! I couldn't stay quiet any longer, so I stepped out in front of them, told them I'd heard everything and that I was going to tell the principal. Then I ran off without letting them say a word. The next day, I was en route to the principal's office when I passed Quinn tearing down her election posters on the wall. Why are you doing that? It's okay. I know I don't deserve to be school president. Hmm. I thought you wanted to be president more than anything in the world. Why else would you play dirty tricks on me? 
So Quinn explained to me that she was running for school president to eliminate the discrimination here, so that she didn't have to hide her relationship with John any longer. Oh, wow. I didn't know. I didn't expect her to have such a meaningful motive behind all this. My plan was just to fight for better things for the Blues team. But man, Quinn had a vision to change this whole school. Impressive. And there's one more thing. Since you're the principal's favorite student, we were afraid that if you become school president, despite your best efforts, things here would only get worse. So there was no other way for us. We had to. I'm sorry. It seems like I misjudged Quinn. And I didn't want John to get expelled, so I said that I'd take the blame for the portrait incident. But it's all my fault. You don't need to do that. No worries. I'm sure to ace the math test and win a prize for the school, so there's no way he's going to punish me. So at recess, I was heading to the principal's office. But before I could get there, I found myself being dragged into the janitor's closet. Oh, it was John. He was feeling guilty and didn't want me to take the fall. I was about to reply to him when I heard two familiar voices in the science room next to us. It was Quinn and Leo. Oh my god, we could hear them clearly through the ventilation hole. <laughs> I can't believe it worked. Amber is such a fool. There's no way she'll be allowed to run for president and victory will be mine. So, are you really going to remove the division between the two groups just to freely date your stupid boyfriend in public? <laughs> are you fooled by that too? Of course I won't. No way. That was only to trick Amber and John. What I'm going to do is make sure all troublemakers are going to be kicked out of school. What? I got played? Again? Ugh! I turned to John and, oh man, he looked disappointed. Don't worry, I know a way to get back at them. On election day, Quinn gave her speech, and unsurprisingly, she went on about how the Red Group brings more to the school and therefore deserves their privileges. She really believes she could make a fool out of this Amber, huh? When I stepped out on the stage, her jaw dropped. Yeah, Quinn, I didn't confess to the principal. Giving speeches in front of a crowd wasn't something new to me, so I was super confident. I'm sure you're all aware of how this school operates. We're divided into two groups and get treated very differently. What I see here is discrimination and prejudice, when in reality, this should be a safe place for all students to strive and reach their full potential. So I'm standing here today to tell you that if you choose me to be your next school president, I will break the barrier. Let's say goodbye to red and blue trays and hello to fairness and equality. After my speech ended, the crowd went wild. Wow. And surprisingly, some of the red group were cheering me too. Hmm. You're probably wondering why I didn't expose Quinn in front of the whole school, right? As I see it, she'd had a massive reality check. So I think that was enough. I also spotted the principal quietly sneaking off with his head down in the midst of cheers the whole school gave me. Could you guess who won? Yeah, me, of course. <laughs> John came on stage and handed me flowers in front of a furious-looking Quinn. I walked towards her and whispered, Let's see how you're going to get rid of the troublemakers now. She just sneered at me, then stormed off the stage. Later, we heard that Quinn confessed all to the principal. Then she transferred to another school. 
What about me? Well, after I became school president, I stuck to my promise and began making some serious changes to the unfairness of the school. And John, did we become a couple, you ask? Oh no, we're just close friends. <laughs> Emma, your teacher, Mrs. Holm, called again. She said your grades are appalling and you don't pay attention in class. Why can't you be more like your sister? Yawn. Not this speech again. It's been like this ever since I started elementary school. In my mom's eyes, only my sister, Evelyn, inherited our dad's intelligence. While I'm just the senseless member of the family. Ugh, as if. She's only good with useless books. Bet she doesn't know anything practical. Like how dad's ethernet company works and such. But whatever, I don't care. I'm full. I announced as I got up and went to my little headquarters, the garage. I was busy working on my own personal project, so I didn't have time to give a hoot about who my mom's favorite child is. Oh, you must be wondering what I'm working on. Well, this device broadcasts Wi-Fi. Sounds familiar, right? But my device is able to broadcast across the entire city. Not only that, the connection is stronger and much more stable than the Wi-Fi people use at home. And it's more convenient without all the cables and stuff. This is without a doubt my proudest work ever. And what a coincidence that a few days earlier at school, Mrs. Holm announced that for the first time, the school was organizing an invention contest. Normally, I give school activities a miss. But this time was different. This contest could be fun, right? There was no time to waste. So I put all my spare time, day and night, into making my invention contest ready. And you won't believe what happened. I won first prize. And that's not all. One of the judges, Mr. Johnson, was so interested in my invention that he offered to invest in it. At first, I was kind of scared and hesitated to agree because, I mean, I was still in high school. But this was an opportunity of a lifetime. So how could I deny it, right? So after that, Mr. Johnson sorted out a manufacturing company and office space for me downtown. This is cool, but I prefer to work in my garage. It's just more convenient that way, with me still being at school and all. I upgraded my device and launched it to the public. And you know what? It was a huge success. Pretty much everybody in the city got rid of their old, laggy Wi-Fi devices and accessed mine. Then one day... I got a call from the local news channel asking to interview me and my family at home. Oh my god, yes! Oh, there's just one snag. I hadn't told my family about it yet because, um, I don't know, maybe I just know there's no way they'd believe me? Like the time I got an A in my physics exam and my mom instantly asked if I cheated. But, well, whatever. This is much bigger than that. So I quickly ran downstairs to the living room and excitedly told my family that the invention benefiting the town was mine. But Mum and Evelyn burst out laughing. So you're telling me that this Wi-Fi, which is broadcasting across the entire city, is your invention? Yeah, Mum, it's mine. Then Mum and Evelyn laughed even louder. Honey, it's bad enough you're failing at school. Please don't start lying. Ugh. Forget about it. Why did I even try? Then, the morning after, 
When the doorbell rang, my mom opened it and saw a reporter and a cameraman. She couldn't believe her eyes. Mom and Evelyn exchanged panicked looks, then rushed upstairs to prepare. It was so hilarious. <laughs> the hysterics continued as they interviewed my parents. I watched my nervous, sweaty dad stand there like an awkward statue, while mom began bragging about me like, as soon as Emma was born, I knew she was a genius like her dad. I always encourage her to pursue her dreams. Jeez, and the Oscar goes too. My mom. I didn't know she could act that well. To be honest, since I could remember, mom never said anything nice about me. Ever. But now that she knew I was the mastermind behind the town's Wi-Fi, she would probably treat me differently. Right? Wrong. Then one night I came downstairs for a glass of milk and overheard mom and dad talking in the living room. Emma is such a selfish child. How badly will this affect your business? The truth is, the company's going through tough times. But don't worry, we're trying everything we can. Huh? Did I do something? And what's wrong with Dad's company? I tried to eavesdrop more, but suddenly I heard my dad standing up from the couch, so I quickly ran upstairs to my room. The next day, Dad forgot to take his lunch with him to work, so Mom asked me to take it over. But when I got to his company floor, it was deserted. Huh? Where was everybody? Did everybody get a day off or something? But that couldn't be it, right? That evening, over dinner, I asked Dad. I went to your office at midday, but not a single person was there. What's going on? Mom suddenly put her cutlery down and gave Dad a shocked look. Is what Emma just said true? Dad lowered his head and sighed out. Yes, it's true. I temporarily shut the company last week. I didn't want you all to worry, so I didn't tell you. I'm sorry. What? How could you? You said you would fix it! That's when it hit me. But I deeply prayed it wasn't the truth. So I asked him, is it because of my device? Dad didn't answer me. He just glared sadly down at his dinner. But I knew what his silence meant. I was right. Suddenly... Evelyn stood up and screamed in my face. It's all your fault! You invented that stupid device, and now Dad's business is at stake! That's so typical of you. You never think before you act. Then she stomped off upstairs. I just sat there speechless. I just wanted my family to be proud of me, but instead, it seemed like they despised me more than ever. Then Dad turned to me and softly said, Emma... This isn't your fault. I was kind of waiting for my mom to say something, anything at all, but she didn't. She just cleaned up the table. I felt really bad about what happened to dad. But hey, now I had to work even harder so I could provide for my family, right? After that, mom completely ghosted me. <sighs> As for my sister, whenever our paths crossed, she gave me a dagger look and muttered out mean comments like, Let's see how long it takes for your precious business to fail. I tried to ignore her, but then she took it too far. One Sunday, I was in my garage working away, when suddenly I heard loud noises coming from outside. I opened the garage door to see a crowd of people holding signs saying, We lost our jobs because of you, and no job, no future. My God, they were protesters. 
I think they were from my dad's office. Wait a minute. I spotted a familiar face. Evelyn? She was holding a big sign saying, My dad lost his job because of you. Eventually, Dad came out and dispersed the crowd. Then he called an emergency family meeting. How could you do that to me? The correct question would be how could you do that to Dad? Thanks to you, dozens of people have lost their jobs? You're making people's lives miserable. Enough, both of you. Evelyn, what you did was wrong. Families are supposed to support each other. But Dad, she- Didn't you just hear what I said? Evelyn gave me a dirty look, then she ran off to her room. I looked at Mom, who was leaning against the wall with her arms folded. Did she agree with what Evelyn did? Or was she on my side? My God, please say something. But to my surprise, after that, my mother started talking to me again, and she was actually being nice. She even started cleaning my room and workspace. Whoa, this was new? Had she finally accepted me? Then one day, I received tons of emails complaining about my Wi-Fi. It took me all day, but I finally found the cause of the problem. My laptop. Somebody had tampered with it. It didn't take a genius to figure out who it was. Evelyn, duh. But I needed proof, so I set up a trap. The next evening, when everybody was having dinner, I ran downstairs, quickly grabbed a piece of bread and said, I need to go run some errands. Oh, and can you please stay out of the garage as I'm uploading some important files? Mom and Dad nodded and smiled at me. Evelyn, on the other hand, just rolled her eyes and continued eating. Well, at least I knew my plan was in motion. I walked outside and hid behind the bushes. So, what's my plan, you ask? Well, I set up my laptop so that when anyone opened it, it would automatically send a notification to my phone and turn on the camera so I could see who it was. I waited for an hour, but still nothing. Then suddenly, my phone beeped. Somebody was opening my laptop. They hadn't switched the light on yet, so it was too dark to see them. But I was 100% sure who it was. Time to expose. What are you doing sneaking out here? Evelyn? What was she doing out here? Wait, if Evelyn was here, then who was it in the garage? Not answering Evelyn's question, I ran like crazy into the garage to capture this intruder. And as soon as I turned on the lights, I couldn't believe who was messing with my laptop. It was... Mom! What on earth was going on? I called a family meeting and told everyone what Mom did. Dad and Evelyn looked shocked and asked Mom why she did it. I just couldn't stand seeing your dad suffer anymore. He put his life into that company. And now he's just a laughing stock. Do you realize our neighbors and relatives have been gossiping about him? They think it's so pitiful that he lost out to his own daughter. So I did what any self-respecting wife would do. Was she serious? Why didn't she just talk to me? All I ever wanted was for her to talk to me. Nothing else. But no, she decided to go behind my back and try to sabotage my business instead. After her betrayal, I'd had enough. So I didn't speak to her and avoided her as much as possible. It was one thing for mom to be cold towards me, but I never thought she was capable of doing this. This went on for weeks, and it got kinda tedious. 
Trust me, it's no fun trying to avoid someone in your own home. But then one day, I arrived back from school and saw Dad sitting in a corner in the living room, repairing his PC. Jeez, he looked so miserable. That's when the truth hit me. This was his passion, and I took it away from him. Suddenly, I understood why Mom did what she did. She saw how disheartened he was, but knew he'd never say anything to me, because he's always supportive. But how can I fix everything? Should I give everything up so that my dad can reopen his company again? Ugh, why was this so hard to figure out? Wait a minute. I think I have the solution. You must be wondering what my dad was doing here. Well, I came up with the idea that we should work together. My dad's a pro with technology, so it didn't take long to show him how things work around here. Oh, and since my business has grown, we were able to employ some of his former work employees too. With dad around to help, I have time to focus on my studies. Even Evelyn started helping out, and she was so good at it, I made her dad's assistant. Talk about a proper family business, ha! As for mom, we had a really long talk. I finally told her how awful her attitude towards me made me feel, and she apologized for everything she had done. I eventually forgave her. I knew she did that just because she loves dad very much. So, after all that drama, we're now just one big happy family. <laughs> hey, that guy over there just asked for your info the bartender said, which made me turn and look around. Oh, he's gone. As you can see, I'm sitting at the bar of a five-star resort. No, I'm not rich. Instead, I took out all my savings and decided to splurge them on enjoying every single last day left of my life. It all started months ago. I had this constant aching and exhaustion. I blamed work stress, but my symptoms grew worse. Eventually, I went to the doctor and sat there in stunned shock as I heard the words cancer and progressive. The next few weeks were a whirlwind of hospital appointments and treatments. I had chemo and my lovely long hair fell out. I just felt tired and hopeless all of the time. Enough had I had this. I stopped the chemotherapy, quit my job, and decided to enjoy the little time I had left. The Hawaiian beach is so beautiful. Then suddenly, someone walked straight into me. Ugh, their drink soaked me. I heard them say, Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Oh, hey, you're the girl who sat alone at the bar earlier. I looked up, and wow, he was handsome. I shook my head and insisted it was my fault for not paying attention. After that, he joined me for a walk, and we started chatting. Oh, his name is Blake, by the way. So, the next day, I asked him out for lunch. I don't have much of an appetite these days, and the most I could do was staring down at my barely-touched plate. Then, I knew I needed to be honest with him. Hey, Blake, I really like you, and want to get to know you more, but I have cancer and don't have long left. At first, there was a sickening silence, but then he took my hand, and can you believe it? He said he wanted to get to know me, too. The next few weeks with him were magical. Then we came back to the city and continued dating. 
Blake was so amazing and constantly showered me with love. One night after dinner, Blake drove us up to this hill. He said he wanted to show me Orion's belt, and it was so romantic. I didn't want to ruin the moment, but there was something I needed to tell him. Blake, I saw the doctor today. He said that nothing has changed. Although he didn't mention it, I guess I don't really have much time left. My tears streamed down my face. I've had the best time with you. I really do think I love you. Suddenly, Blake got down on one knee and asked me, My darling Lucy, will you marry me? This is the least I can do for you. I was speechless, so I nodded and then held him tightly in my arms. I was too happy. I couldn't help sharing our love story on social media. Soon, thousands of people were liking and sharing it, saying what an inspirational couple we were. This was crazy, but amazing. Their support made me feel like I could take on my cancer, the world, everything. I started noticing that Blake was getting a lot of attention from other girls. They knew he was the guy who proposed to the dying girl, so they seemed to flock around him and admire him. Then one day, when we were at the wedding dress store together, I stepped out of the fitting room in this beautiful gown, feeling like a princess. But then I spotted Blake talking to some other girl. She touched his shoulder, and I overheard her say, Your fiancé is very lucky to have you. Then she leaned in closer to him. Blake? I hissed at him. Baby, how do I look? He turned away from the girl and stared at me. Yeah, gorgeous. He awkwardly smiled. I couldn't help but feel terrible. I know he's an attractive man, but he was about to marry me. It was not nice at all having him flirt with someone else at my dress fitting. Still, I tried to put it all aside, as I wanted to enjoy what little time I had left. The wedding was a dream come true. It was such a magical day. Then right before our honeymoon, I went to see my doctor. To my complete and utter shock, he told me, I'm pleased to inform you that you're in recovery. Oh my god. I couldn't believe my ears. I was getting better? I rushed home and told Blake the good news. Only his reaction wasn't what I expected. His face dropped, and at first he was speechless. Then he stuttered, Congrats, honey. Hmm. What did that even mean? Regardless of this, our honeymoon was marvelous. My appetite was back, and I was making the most of it. Yum! Food tastes so good. This didn't go unnoticed by Blake, and he tutted, Can you try chewing more gently? Whatever. I was intent on enjoying my food. When we arrived back home, I moved into his apartment. For God's sake, there were dirty plates and smelly socks everywhere. How could someone so meticulous about their looks live in such a state? I told myself that it was fine. I loved him, so I could learn to love his mess. <sighs> Being alive felt so good. So admittedly, I may have overdone it on the snacks. Cake, meals out, and yeah. I'd gained some extra pounds, so household chores were a bit too much for me. Besides, why should I have to do them? It was his mess. But one time, when I was sick of his stinky underpants everywhere, I asked him, 
How can a guy who looks like you live in this rat hole? Go clean up. But he ignored me and went straight to bed. And it took no time for his loud thunder snores to follow. What the hell? Where was the kind, charming man I married? Fed up, I tried my best to clean up the place a little bit. I was out of breath and sweating a lot. My head was super itchy, so I took off my wig and scratched my scalp. At that moment, I heard Blake screaming, and when I turned around, he was clutching his face in fear. Baby, what's wrong? I rushed to him. Oh, I got it. I laughed out. It was just too uncomfortable to wear this wig, so I took it off. That's all? But look, my hair is growing back again. Shaking, he stuttered. You were wearing a wig this whole time? You look terrifying. Well, yeah, I suppose jagged growing hair made me look quite creepy. (laughs) Shouldn't you be happy for me? I mumbled and forced a smile while trying to put the wig back on. Knowing that I was able to live life again was incredible. But living Blake with my moody, uncaring husband, now that wasn't so great. One evening, he came home from work in a foul mood and started shouting at me for not tidying up. I told him I shouldn't have to, as it wasn't my mess. He scowled at me. I single-handedly provide for the both of us. Come home to see you chilling on your huge backside, and you dare talk to me like that? You're the one who needs to get up and work, since you eat double the amount I do. His words hurt. So with teared-up eyes, I said to him, How dare you talk to me like that? Blake was about to say something, but he paused, then just sighed. Look, I'm sorry, babe. I know you're recovering. I sharply stared at him and said, I didn't do anything for dinner, so let's eat out. I was enjoying my rotary chicken. It was so good that I might have taken too big of a bite, and it lodged in my throat. Soon I was choking, I couldn't breathe. Afraid, I looked at Blake for help, but he was scrolling through his phone. Then to my disbelief, he walked off to the bathroom. I kept thudding the table to call for help. Luckily, a waiter rushed over and hit me real hard on the back, and I managed to spit the piece of chicken out. When Blake returned, I angrily asked, "'How the hell could you leave me like that?' "'What are you talking about, baby?' I saw you enjoying your food. Are you done? Let's go home. Ugh! He definitely knew I was choking. What a jerk. Everything I once thought and expected from him shattered. He was willing to let me choke to death over helping me. The problem was our love story was so famous now. And even though I knew Blake and I couldn't bear each other, the thought of us breaking up and being heckled by others made me feel so sick. I guess I was stuck with him forever. So we had to continue tolerating each other. Then one evening, while I was munching on potato chips and watching TV, my phone rang. It was a strange number. Hello? Are you Blake's wife? Blake's been in a car accident, and we really need you to come here. I froze for a few seconds. Sorry, wrong number, and hung up. My phone rang several more times, but I didn't answer. The guilt started to creep up on me, so I grabbed my bag and rushed to the hospital, The nurse told me to sign some papers so Blake could have his surgery. With a pen in hand, I hesitated. Excuse me, where is the organ donating section? I asked. My husband is willing to donate if anything bad happens. 
This is not the right time to ask me that question, the nurse yelled at me. Right at that moment, Blake's parents rushed in panicking. I gave them the papers and sneaked back to the apartment. After that, I thought long and hard about our relationship. It had been so passionate at first, but I realized I didn't love him at all, and neither did he. All our decisions were made intensely quickly, based on the idea that I might die later. We were too stubborn to admit defeat and walk away, and now we were miserable. A few weeks later, Blake came home in a wheelchair, and we both sat in awkward silence. Then I broke the ice. That night, when I choked at the restaurant, Did you ignore me on purpose? Blake answered me with another question. Is it true you wanted to donate my organs instead of helping me get my surgery? I replied, I'm sorry. That was the only way I could briefly think of to get out of this marriage. He sighed. I know. Me too. I think we're just too similar, and that's why we don't work. He paused. I think it's time we put an end to this. So finally, we stopped putting up with each other and filed for a divorce. People on social media were furious and posted a lot of venomous comments, such as, so much for being an inspirational couple, and this screams out scam marriage to me. I decided to close all of my online accounts. Their opinions don't matter anymore. I have my family's support. That's more important. Surprisingly, I'm still friends with Blake. Hey, we went through a lot together, and he's not all bad. I just never want to live with him ever again. <laughs> I even met my current boyfriend through Blake, as he introduced me to him. How funny is that? Sometimes things don't work out as planned, but that's okay. Living a lie just to save a bruised ego is much worse. Oh, by the way, this is my real hair. I am now completely healthy. Remember, you only live once, so make sure you don't waste your time trying to please others, and instead, you embrace life and live it at its best. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com.